Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach, Bruce Eckfeld, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Nicole DeMeo. She is founder at Outfront Solutions. We're going to talk to her about the world of marketing, branding, product launches, really understanding how you position yourself in this world. I find that this is one of the key things when it comes to strategy and comes to growth is really figuring out kind of what you stand for, what you're focused on, who your target customer is, what do you really offer in this world, and getting that message out there in a clear, crisp, concise way in a way that's going to actually drive engagement, drive activity, actually feed that funnel, get you clients is key. Uh, And if you don't do it right, it can be a pretty painful process. (laughs) If you do it right, it can lead to some really great results and and really help a business grow consistently, efficiently, and get that, you know, get that scale that you're looking for. So with that, Nicole, welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of dive into all the work you're doing today and how you're helping companies with branding and messaging, Let's talk a little bit about background. How did you get into the space? What's the story? Give us the uh, give us the journey that you've been on. Yeah, well, it's been a long one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to. I'm gonna date myself many times here, but I like to say that I I kind of grew up in the Silicon Valley. I actually started my career in marketing, interning at Ogilvy and Mather. So. You know, one of those marketing services firm, yeah, Yeah. that's been around for a very, very long time and really started off in public affairs. And so was working on the California AIDS education campaign. And after that, after working in, and back in the day, we used to call them nonprofits. We didn't just (laughs) call them, we didn't call them impact, um, which is where I like to keep one foot solidly planted is always in impact still to this Mm -hmm. day. But the opportunity to join the group in technology came up. And so I took that and I worked on the very first ever pen interface technology conference. And um, so that was a very, very long time ago. And we were making sure that software was working with hardware and, you know, pulling that together. And 
you know, and I was fortunate enough to have some amazing mentors at Ogilvy and Mather. And after that point, went on to work at other agencies where once again was, you know, had incredible opportunities. So the next agency that I went to, High Tech Communications, Sun Microsystems was a client. And so I was in, I was a kid and I was there writing speeches for this executive team, which included Eric Schmidt, you know, that guy who went to run Google, you know, of course, Scott McNeely, John Gage, Ed Zander, who went on to do Motorola. So really incredible formative time there and working on the Sun Microsystems business, which was, you know, really, really important to the foundation of the commercial internet and all of those things. And then went on to interviewed for an in-house position and there was a hiring freeze and Fate pointed me in the direction of yet another agency where also fatefully next, the Steve Jobs company became my client. And so I worked on that account and that was when next was, I like to say, in its second of its third life. So it was a (laughs) hardware company. Uh It was an enterprise software company. And then we became an internet company. And I was in that, you know, stage of enterprise software and traveling all around the world and and telling that story. And then we started to build server technology. And so I got to take Steve on tour all over the world um, because I I directly reported into Steve Jobs. And and took him we got to travel all around the world telling the story of, you know, the the backbone of of the commercial internet and how we were developing the server's technology. And it was also the foundation of e-commerce. So this was back when e-commerce was, you know, completely nascent. And so in 96, my colleague and myself decided we were going to try to buy everything online for that holiday. And um, so it it was... I feel bad for the the gift receivers. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Because it was very limited selection. But anyway, that was incredibly amazing and formative. And I ended up being asked to interview and go in-house. So I went in-house. I ran Worldwide Communications for Next and then was a part of the team that sold the company back to Apple. Mm -hmm. So that was really incredible. And uh, so, yeah, so that after that point, I thought I could do anything. And so I consulted (laughs) to Apple and for a few years and then started my first agency, which was then Advantage Communications, which is then acquired by Organic. So Mm -hmm. during the dot-com years, was fortunate enough to work on a lot of the biggest brands in the world from that seat. And um, and then have formed with my business partner, Janine Moss, a couple of consultancies where we've had a pretty similar model. Sometimes we're even taking equity stakes in earlier stage companies, but we're providing branding, marketing, go-to-market strategies, and then now some business development services. So, yeah. yeah, I'm curious. You say, I mean, obviously you've had some pretty amazing experiences working with some pretty amazing people. How, yeah. like, what do you think were the, I don't know, skills, capabilities, like things that you had early in your career that allowed you to kind of take advantage of these opportunities, you know, excel in these positions? Like, what was it that you felt you did particularly well to help you be successful in these roles? 
I think one of the most important things was really understanding the business case and the Mm -hmm. business results that we were driving towards. You know, it's thankfully, I've always been able to have kind of that longer term vision and get to the root of the vision of the leaders that I was working with. So to get to the, you know, story and get Uh to underneath a brand, it takes spending a lot of time with the visionaries in translating that vision. And so I saw my role of one of being a study of the business in a translator of vision. Because if you think about those leaders, and then I was, you know, later along the way in my career, worked with HP and Accenture and, you know, a number, and now Omnicom, these leaders are, they're way out ahead of the rest of the world and what really can happen in reality. And so there was, there has been a lot of translating and grounding a vision as to, you know, what is it that we can, how is it that we can take steps and storytell and bring people along to that greater vision that the, the leader has? Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I mean, you've worked with some pretty, how do I say, kind of intense personalities, or at least, you know, from the outside view, yeah. you know, kind of intense personalities. Yeah. Um, I guess, how different did you find, how different is each kind of leader when you work with them versus how much is it really kind of very similar, you know, in terms of the process of really kind of digging in, understanding the story, you know, pulling it out, articulating it, crafting it into a message that you can go to market with? Like how much of this is pretty similar from kind of case to case and how much of this is it really all depends on the person and and how you end up working with them? Yeah, that's a very insightful question because I think I sometimes discredit or take for granted how challenging it is to work with intense personalities. And I don't know where or how I got it, Bruce, but I was born with some really badass diplomacy skills. (laughs) I think growing up in a big family, lots of kids and things like that. But in every situation, in even today, you know, when Janine and I through Outfront Solutions are approaching a branding project, you know, we're going at it with some processes and methodologies that we've developed and honed over the last 25 plus years, right? And it's, you know, a ton of research and you're doing secondary market research. You're typically, we're doing a ton of primary market research. So we're interviewing everybody around the business to get to understand that business case, the vision, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it comes down to navigating the personalities of the founders and the leaders. And it was like working with Eric Schmidt, he was always a super gracious and warm person. Mm -hmm. And he always invited me to the table. Like we'd be at these major speaking events and Al had... I will have just written a speech for him and, you know, most of it anyway. And he would insist that I sat at the speaker's table with all the other speakers and leaders and, you know, that I was a part of the mix and, you know, so, and then Steve working with Steve Jobs, I wouldn't write his speeches, but 
I have to translate his messaging and pull that down to earth so it was mm-hmm. actually intelligible by other mere mortals, which he was not. And in those scenarios, I mean, he had such a demand for excellence, yeah. like no other human being on the planet. And so <laughs> I was scared to death every time I walked into a meeting or submitted something. However, he was always he was always appreciative and he may question my logic, but he pushed me towards excellence in ways that no other has. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we were working with Carly Fiorina when she was at HP. And what I loved about Carly Fiorina is she totally stayed on message. Like, oh, we had, yeah, we had written, med- and she was tough in meetings. I mean, <laughs> I'm being really gentle with my choice of words, yeah, yeah. but she was really tough in meetings. And yet, you know, we would come to conclusions on the messaging and she would repeat it and use that same platform and do it really effectively. And it was just kind of fun because we would look at her messaging like six years out and she'd be, she'd still be on message, you know? And some of the innovation messaging that we had helped her craft years and years before. So anyway, there is a fair amount of navigating, of course, personality, definitely a good amount of navigating culture, mm-hmm. you know, even in working on branding, you've got to, you know, convey the actually the culture because that leader goes out or, you know, you put out a campaign and it's not aligned if you don't convey the values and the culture, of course, of the organization. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more to getting an understanding of that, both the the people and, and the culture and having, making sure that that's really clearly pervasive in the branding and messaging and even in the go-to-market strategies, even the channels that you choose, you know, need to be super thoughtful and strategic and on brand and, you know, wholly focused on, you know, what you're, what you're doing. You're driving that audience to some sort of desired action. Yeah. I'm curious, the process of actually creating messaging, you know, the way that it's, that you're kind of describing it feels very much like a, almost kind of like a midwife process, right? Like it's like, it's inside this person and you need to figure out how to kind of get it out you know, in a way that's going to then, you know, be able to kind of serve, serve the company or serve the business in, in terms of kind of going out into the world. Mm-hmm. What is it that you're actually trying to do with messaging or, or what are you trying to create with a, with a messaging strategy, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what is it, what does it look like or what, what is the essence of it? And how do you know if you have one or not? Yeah. There is this magical moment and it's scary every single time, Bruce, still to this day, (laughs) we get into a client engagement and it's like, when is it going to be that moment when you know you've nailed it? And I mean, and it's so stressful, honestly, like so stressful leading up to that point. And then invariably it clicks. So now with a little bit more maturity in my career, I do trust that it's going to come. But, you know, it like before consulting to HP, HP actually, strangely in that engagement, it, it really taught me a lot 
about the importance of the tools and having this foundation of branding and and messaging. And so up to that point, you know, I mean, even, you know, back in the day with Next and we'd have branding briefs and good documentation for sure. Mm -hmm. But when we consulted to HP and Janine and I, we took it to a completely different level. And there was the HP messaging guide, right? And in that guide, we had frameworks, we had the strategic story, which had to be on one page so that everybody consistently across the organization could tell the same story. And we had message maps and just all these really, really super practical tools that people could literally pick up and lift from like a menu style and just plop into their messaging. And then we would act as messaging officiators, if you will, where we would take a look at things before they would go out and we'd say, are you using the messaging properly? But I I say this because, you know, this was, and this was 50,000 people across the organization (laughs) that were using this and we called it the Bible, you know, Mm -hmm. that it was, it was, and I was actually at a holiday party and I mean, obviously HP has changed quite a lot, but you know, HP had the foundation of the HP way. And we needed to live and breathe and understand and internalize that so that we were on message, so that we were carrying through that legacy. So it takes, you know, really getting close to these founders. And I, you know, it's, yeah, they're challenging personalities typically. And so I've got incredible stories for leaders all over the world. I just picked up another client in um, Istanbul and I can't say the name, but I'm so excited about it. But it, it's an, it's a company that I took to unicorn, you know, status. And, you know, yeah. is the, the former leader was, was a little challenging to work with and, sure. but also lovely. And it was his, his executive team that said, okay, let's do this again. And he's not involved. And they're like really excited to do it for themselves. Fun. Yeah, yeah, and I already cut, I really know their culture and personalities, and so I think it's going to really help fast track that branding process, that messaging and positioning process. Yeah. So, and then it's and then it's you know one of the other things that we haven't really spoke about is you know we've all had to reinvent ourselves you know the last couple of years through covid and one of those ways has forced us to use technology even more strongly in this branding and discovering process so we are now using ai technology to help us understand the topics that real people are talking about and then the channels that these topics should go out on for greatest effectiveness. And it's been a complete game changer because we're not only coming up with this messaging and thankfully, you know, having that magical moment when it all comes together and it feels right and it's on brand and it's, you know, we've, we've done the secondary market research. So we have a very strong sense already that is going to resonate in the marketplace, but now we can test it with AI and see what yeah. real people are doing and real people 
care about and the channels that'll be most effective for them. So yeah, that's, that's really helped my confidence level (laughs) in the output, you know, um, of the, of the branding projects. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And now back to our program. I'm curious about, um, you know, as we look at kind of service businesses, I mean, a lot of at least, you know, several of the companies you mentioned, you know, were very kind of product based or, you know, had some sort of a tangible thing that they were selling in some way, you know, and I always find that, you know, one of the challenges of services is that it is very intangible and it's, um, you know, it's difficult sometimes to, to kind of talk about or, or reference what it is you're actually selling or the, what the offer is or what the thing that someone is buying is, mm-hmm. how do you approach services or, or, you know, I guess, do you see services as different or from you, from your point of view, is it really, you know, it's the same process. You just, you know, it's, you're dealing with a, an intangible. How do you kind of approach services when it comes to messaging and, and branding? Yeah. It, it's interesting because we consider ourselves consultants to the consultants. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We've had just a huge number of projects where we do messaging, we did branding, messaging, and some go-to-market strategies for 13 different business units within Accenture. And, you know, we're working with Omnicom now. And, Uh you know, it's a massive, massive organization. And so telling the story of in this case, the public relations group, you know, uh, is quite something. And then we have an example of, of a client that we're working with out of Mexico City, NDS Cognitive Labs, that has technical talent. So they have, you know, for hire. And in the end, it's not a hugely different process. You know, you still have to get underneath the the offering. But in usually... What's even more important is you're telling the story of the business results and outcomes, right? And so, you know, with the case of Accenture, one of the business units we needed to understand was green IT, you know, and it wasn't, you know, and, and, and yes, there was security and yes, there was mobility and all these different areas that you would expect, but green IT, we didn't have a background in green IT and we're just looking at each other like, okay, this is going to be interesting to try to understand it. And in the end, ultimately it's, it's helpful to try to productize it, to try to package the service in a way. So, you know, it's clearly understood the SMEs behind it, the subject matter experts. And it's important to tell story of the the people and the practitioners and the service providers and their level of excellence and their values and you know their vision that they bring to the world and then packaging the offerings in a kind of a, a in a way that you would a product and so we end up going about it in a super similar fashion i think 
in the end, it's instead of understanding the nuts and bolts of each aspect or feature of the product, we're understanding and telling the story of each aspect of the offering, which is usually tied back to the people, the the business results, the way that that they'll move your business, whether it's, you know, getting into new markets or it's um, however it might impact the, the business. Yeah. Yeah, I always said that the kind of dirty little secret of, of trying to scale or, or, or successfully scaling a service business is to think like a product. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you, the more you can kind of productize your service, you know, the more kind of repeatable, the more standardized you can make it and, and easier it is to, to kind of grow and scale the, the business. Agreed. I'd love to see, you know, sort of talk about some examples or of cases that you've worked with in service companies and, and how you've helped them, you know, kind of cra- craft a messaging, go to market, you know, that really is kind of help focus them and align them to help them accelerate their growth process? Yeah. Well, I mean, one example is a client, it's a middle market company. It's called NDS Cognitive Labs. And they're providing a service of technical workers and and they're based in Mexico. And so we ended up needing to tell the story of nearshoring from Mexico. Yeah. And in order to do this, and, and they have technical professionals who are trained in global standards, right, and are delivering on projects that are super complicated, like, you know, AIML and, you know, just really data scientists and, and you name it. And, and we realized that we first needed to tell the story of why Mexico yeah. And yeah. and the, it's the technology powerhouse next door. They're graduating more technology professionals like at four times the United States. And so they've got the technical workers. They're right next door in terms of, you know, the the convenient time zones. Culturally, they're not that far off, right? They're they're going to Starbucks and they're they're watching Netflix. They're like the highest consumption a country outside of the United States for Netflix. So, you know, it's like, okay. And so it was really important to, to tell that story of, okay, there's this technology powerhouse right next door, convenient for, for nearshoring. And then, you know, this, the story for NDS cognitive labs is that they have 20,000 technical workers that are just ready to go in, in a time when technical talent is a massive shortage. So it's always so fun doing this because you come in and you take a look at these companies and you're like, Whoa, look at this asset, you know, no one's ever really fully told the story around it. And, and so it's been so much fun to, you know, take that out into the world and to productize it and announce it. And, you know, and then, and then companies that are looking for technical professionals can go onto their Facebook and they've really successfully turned it into a community where there's continued learning and professionals can sign up to do Python, for example, um, Mm -hmm. continued training or, you know, they're all trained in agile technologies and all these different things as well. And the clients can come on and tell the story of their company and their innovation, which then inspires more technical workers to be to want to apply 
to work for that company. So it's this really nice cycle, right? So that was a really fun service to get out there in the world, very timely. You know, we've certainly timed it to, you know, all that's happening with digital transformation and the need for, you know, all these companies to modernize and adapt and change their services. So anyway, that was yeah. just, that was just one and recent. That's a great example. I'm, I'm curious how much, how much do you find that the messaging strategy or the messaging goals are to try to, I guess, get someone to think something versus get someone to not think something, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. a, are you trying to undo perceptions or are you trying to establish new perceptions? Yeah. And another good, insightful question. You know, I think 90% of the time, it's a really a significant balance in both. And 90% of the time, we're fighting some sort of stigma, typically, you know, I mean, Janine and I, with Outlaw Solutions, we also work um, across the cannabis industry and talk about an industry full of stigma. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to deal with there. And it's so important to address the elephant in the room that way. And yet, you know, the, the cannabis industry is incredible and thriving and you know, we've we've developed business cases for enterprise organizations that are taking a look at it and, and jumping in feet first because maybe the research wasn't done because of the stigma. So, you know, I there's there's a lot of that. I think also, you know, with the case of of NDS cognitive labs, Mexico, people don't typically expect technology coming from Mexico. They've gone to Mexico if they're based in the United States and maybe they're a little ethnocentric. I hate to say it, but we yeah. as Americans are so typically pretty ethnocentric. And so yeah. we make up our minds around things. And yet, you know, they're just incredible technical universities training out all kinds of capable workers. And it's, you know, it's a lot less expensive to do that. So people will catch on and you know, the messaging will be effective. Another kind of interesting example was I worked with Peak Games out of Istanbul and they, you know, they had a really great exit. They sold to Zynga for $1.8 billion. And nice. then I started working with, yeah, um, a company called Trendyall.com, which was a fashion e-commerce company. And it was, they, they had just received at the time, it was the largest amount of funding a female had ever gotten. And it was from Kleiner Perkins and also Tiger Global. And it was $50 million. And Kleiner Perkins came to me and, you know, they, I had to interview with them too. They were just like, okay, who's going to represent us, you know, making this announcement of this funding and blah, blah, blah. And, and they came to me and they basically said, slow, painful death if you don't make us look smart for investing in Turkey. Because <laughs> this is the first time they had ever invested in Turkey, yeah. right? And so I was like, oh, God. You know, and the, and the, yeah, yeah, and the CEO had said, you know, nobody knows Turkey like Nicole. And it was just, I'd only had one successful company <laughs> I'd worked with. And I was like, oh, God. Okay, I have to, I got to get to know Turkey and understand Turkey's global role. Yeah. Right. And and so we backed into telling the story of the GDP. The it, you know, we because we needed to tell the economic story and how 
the business case made sense for this company to thrive, not only in Turkey, or in, but also in the rest of the world. And so, yes, basically in every engagement, there's some level of stigma to deal with. And for me, I don't know, I love it the more the merrier. Like I love working with female leaders. There's all kinds of, you know, preconceived notions around female leaders and people of color. And I just love to jump into the diversity and those types of situations and help to build the case. And it's not ever overnight. It takes incredible patience and it takes a really strategic methodical plan. So I find that the clients that work with us, that work on branding and messaging, if they work with us on the go-to-market strategy, that's usually a slam dunk. Like we can really take them the distance and make a huge impact on their business in terms of market share, valuation, all of it, because we're helping them bring the brand and the messaging along in the journey because the market isn't right for you to say overnight, you know, you're not considering Mexico. You know, of course you should be. You know, it's like, no, people need to be educated that there are amazing technical workers graduating from the universities and all the different things that help build that story. And that story needs to be built across the right channels and repeatedly over time to bring people along to the desired action. And, um, so anyway, it's, 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 I get, I'm super nerdy because I'm like getting all excited about it because I I love it, it, you know? Yeah. And I'm a little tired too, because it's, you know, it takes a lot of energy to bring these companies along. I'm sure. It's great. Nicole, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah. um, If you go to our website, Outfront Solutions, so it's www.outfront.solutions. There's no .com, just Outfront Solutions. There's a contact page and you can even book a session with Janine and myself. But, you know, our bios, our stories are all there and and you can click there. Um, Also, info at outfront.solutions is a way to get in touch with us. And, of course, we're prolific on um, LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, we're posting every day and, you know, trying to share the knowledge and whatnot. So, yeah, it'd be a pleasure. I always consider conversations like these to be a conversation. So with the audience, you know, I invite you to stay in touch. Yeah. Yeah. I will make sure that the links and and everything's in the show notes so people can get that information. Encourage everyone to check it out. Nicole, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure as well, Bruce. Be well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.